Perfect. If you'd like to take a seat. Okay, so if you haven't got it already, we're thinking about commitment today, and we're going to keep banging on about it until it lodges really hard, so that that's, the, that's what we're talking about. But I want to start off by asking you, who do you think the heroes of the story are? And you can just shout out. Who were the heroes? The friends? Yeah, so the friends are some of the heroes of the story, Absolutely. Jesus, yeah, Jesus is always the right answer. If anyone ever asks you a question, Jesus or God, definite right answers, yes. Jesus is a hero of the story, uh, but on one level, he's always, he's always the hero. Uh, any, other, any other heroes? So you've got the four friends? Yeah, the man, definitely. You've got God, yeah. Yes, Jesus... Holy Spirit, yes, this is very good. We've got some very good Trinitarian theology going on in the kids' work. I'm very impressed. Bethany must have a theology degree, I think. Perfect, yeah. And who uh, were the four friends committed to? You could, again, shout it out. Who were they committed to? Their friends, yeah. They're committed to their friend, absolutely. Yeah. Committed to Jesus? Definitely, yeah. They were committed to getting him healed, and they believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and they believed that he could do what he said he could do. So they'd heard all of this commotion going on about who Jesus was, and as soon as they had the opportunity to, they were right there, getting their friend to the feet of Jesus, because they believed that Jesus was the only one and the only way that their friend could get healed. But they certainly faced a lot of challenges. It wasn't an easy thing to get their friend to the feet of Jesus to get healed. First off, they had to be quick. You know, they, never, they didn't know whether Jesus was going to come back to their hometown ever again. They didn't have Facebook or Instagram with a kind of a list of Jesus' speaking arrangements. And it was like, oh, if you miss it this time, it's fine, because he's coming back in six months' time. It was a, this could be the only opportunity that we can ever see Jesus and that our friend can get healed. Could they persuade their friend to trust them and to come out and see Jesus? Could they get their friend to trust them to come out into public? Could they get him there? We don't know where they came from, but it could have been a a long journey And there's no cars, there's no buses, they don't have wheelchairs. So they've got to think about the the journey ahead. It's not going to be an easy journey. And then when it came to it, when they arrive at the house and they see the house is packed full and there's people sitting in windows, there's people flooding out of the doors, suddenly, well, we've got here, we've made this journey, we've come all this way, but now how do we get to Jesus? You know, everyone's really excited to see Jesus. They're not just going to move out of the way and let us through. So what are we going to do? How are we going to get Jesus' attention? Put, you could put your hand up. Very well contributed, Freya. Yeah, you could put your hand up and say, excuse me, that might work. Yeah, but then they decide they're going to go through the roof. How do you get a man, well, how do you get four men who are able-bodied onto a roof in the first place is my first question. Again, 
I think every time I preach, it just makes me more aware of how unfit I am, because I definitely could not just climb on a roof for a start. So you've got to get four men on the roof. Then you've got to get four men carrying a man on a mat on a roof, which is harder still. And then you've got to get through the roof. Not, not an easy challenge. And then you've got to think about the reaction of the crowd. Would the crowd be angry? They've all been queuing, they've been waiting, they've all made their own journeys to get there. Are they going to be mad that this man is pushing through to get to Jesus, that he's coming through the roof and interrupting their opportunity? But also, it'd be quite embarrassing. Embarrassing to, I don't like making a scene and being the centre of attention, so suddenly, I imagine making a hole in a roof is definitely going to make you the centre of attention, and quite quickly... But also it's embarrassing for the man who can't walk to be lowered down. It's not a dignified thing just to be lowered through the roof and placed at the feet of Jesus. And then, is Jesus going to stop what he's doing? Is he going to let them interrupt him? And is he going to take the time to pay attention to the man's needs and what he wants? And what was the answer to all of these challenges? Well, they had to stop. They had to trust God and trust Jesus and put their faith in Jesus being who he said he was. They'd seen how Jesus had acted in other places and they had to trust that he would do the same again for their friends. And maybe, I would imagine lots of us have been in situations where we just can't see a way through a problem, where the challenges seem so big and so high and so wide that we can't get through them, that we can't get around them, that we can't get over them. And we're wondering how on earth we're going to get through that situation. And maybe you yourself have prayed a prayer where you said, God, please, will you make a way? Will you make a way through this situation? Will you do something that only you can do? Will you make a way where there is no way? And I think maybe that's what the friends did. I think the friends praised their own, God, will you make a way prayer. I think that's what they asked uh, God to do, that he would make a way. And I think we can see that God answered it. First, by giving their friend the willingness to go through it, through with it. I'm sure it must have been a really interesting conversation when the four friends rocked up at his house and he's lying down on his mat and they're like, right, we've got this really great idea. What we're going to do, we're going to carry you for a really long journey. We're going to get you up on the roof and then we're going to put you through the roof. And I can just imagine the conversation as he's lying in bed and be like, sorry, you're going to do what? Mm, I'm not quite sure about that one. So the, having the faith and commitment from the friend to say, you know what, this sounds a bit bonkers and it sounds a bit bizarre and I'm not quite sure how this is going to work, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust it and I'm going to go with it. Even to have the brainwave in the first place is God giving them the way, giving them an answer and the courage to go up on the roof, to lower the friend down to Jesus. And sometimes... Uh, Just like the roof in this story, there's going to be things in the way in our own lives, things in the way of our own problems. I'm hoping you're not trying to dig through any roofs in the next week. I think it might be a bit harder these days than it was back then. I wouldn't advise trying to go through uh, concrete or brickwork, whatever it is, to get get through a ceiling. But sometimes there are things in our lives that need to be got rid of, that need to be cleared out of the way. 
things that need to be moved so that God's will can be done. Maybe for us it's a bad habit. Maybe it's hanging out with a particular person that we know who's not good for us, who leads us away from the things that God would want to lead us towards. Maybe it's a fear or an anxiety that we need to let go of. Maybe it's a condition that we've placed on God working in our lives that we need to let go of. Sometimes it's the worry about what others are going to think of us. The four friends and the paralyzed man must have been worried about what people in the crowd were going to think of them, how they were going to respond. No doubt some of them would have, been, would have known the friend or would have known the four friends. They would have been familiar It would have been people they had worked closely with or gone to school alongside and they had to trust. They had to not worry about what people were going to think of them and just do what they knew was right. And sometimes for us, following Jesus means that we have to accept some people might make fun of us, that we might look or act or think differently to other people. And that might mean that we're criticised because of what we think, because of what we say, because of what we do. And yet the lesson that we learn from this story is that it's all worth it. That it's so worth it. Had the friends have been so wrapped up with what others thought of them, they would have never got their friend on the roof. They would have never got their friend down at the feet of Jesus. And their friend would have never have been healed. And they wouldn't have been able to walk again. But yet they trusted and they brought their friend to Jesus. And he did what no one else could And just like that paralysed man, we all need to be forgiven. We all need to be made right with God. And also because we want God to meet our other needs as well. And Mark 6.33 tells us that when we seek first God, that everything else will follow. That he's not just concerned about our spiritual life, but he cares about our whole life. But we need to put him first. We need to prioritise him and seek his kingdom first. And so as we draw all of this together, what do we need to do if we want God's will to be done in our lives? Well, I think Hebrews 12.1 is a really good picture. And we need to fix our eyes on the finish line, fix our eyes on the goal. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the best example we could ever have of what our faith can be and should be and what it should look like. We need to follow his example to throw off everything that distracts us, that weighs us down, that draws us away from Jesus. And we need to run the race marked out for us with perseverance, with dedication, with commitment. It's going to take some practice. It's going to take some training. But when we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, we can do it. And we need to pray. We need to pray that prayer of God, will you lead us? Will you guide us? Will you make a way where there is no way? We need to be committed and keep on going, however hard it may be, to overcome the barriers that stand in our way. And we need to not worry about what other people think of us. I really love, there's a phrase that, you know, we do everything for an audience of one. And the only opinion that matters is God's opinion. And if we're doing what God is calling us to do, then we can't go wrong. We can't put a foot wrong if we're doing what God has called us to do. And we need to remember and trust that God loves us, that he always knows what's best for us, and that he wants 
he wants the best for us. He wants us to be all that we can be and that he will always make a way. And so as we come, as we come into land, I want to pray this morning for all of us. And so let's pray. Father God, we want to lift uh, this incredible story to you this morning. And Father, we ask that you would be with us, that you would help us to recommit ourselves to you this morning, that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that you would help us to run the race that you have marked out for us with perseverance and with dedication. Father, through all the challenges that we face, would you go before us? Would you prepare the way? Would you make a way to the good things that you have in store for us this morning? And we just ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.